Mike Douglas here You're on the Mike Douglas Show, serving uh, as your live and local concierge for conversation Monday through Friday here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And today we have the great privilege of having a, a special guest. He's Dr. Marty McCary. He's with us. We've seen him interviewed on Fox News and Network News. He's a professor at Johns Hopkins School of Medicine, Bloomberg School of Public Health, and Cary Business School. New York Times best-selling author of a new and fascinating book. In fact, I began plumbing the depths of it this weekend. It's called The Price We Pay, What Broke American Health Care and How to Fix It. It's now in paperback. I highly recommend getting it. I'm fascinated by it so far. And uh, Dr. Marty McCary, thanks for uh, being with us here on the Mike Douglas Show here in California's <laughs> Central Valley. Good to be with you. Let's uh, let's talk about, and I, I do want to talk about uh, your your book and some of the main themes there in, in a couple of minutes. Uh, let's turn, if we could, our, our attention to California. And uh, tomorrow, allegedly, we're going to have a lot of the uh, restrictions, uh, we're told, uh, lifted. But we've been in 15, maybe 16 months now of restrictions up and down and kind of a yo-yo effect at times that not only affects individuals but businesses as well. And uh, we've seen a variety of of health effects from that, from uh, depression, sometimes to suicides, to losses of business. uh, well, we think, uh, Dr. McCurry, from your from your point of view, uh, looking at the nation as a whole, what do you think about California here and the way that we've handled the pandemic thus far? Well, I think there's been a lot of lessons learned, and I think one of the lessons is we're learning now about the profound effects of isolation. And with teenage girls, for example, we just learned from a CDC report released on Friday that. Uh, rates of attempted suicide presenting to a hospital were up at least 50% just in February and March. We cannot tolerate a society where we seek absolute risk elimination at all costs, and those costs are greater. We've learned a lot of stuff, and I think one of those things now is that, um, first of all, if you're unvaccinated, you do so at your own risk, life is going to move on. Okay, We're not going to hold up society because somebody is hesitant. And some are hesitant for good reasons. They've got natural immunity, and the new data shows they don't need the vaccine. For the rest of society, we've got to move on and reestablish a human connection and rebuild communities. As uh, as you look at the whole issue of vaccines, especially now as, as there's a focus on vaccine uh, vaccines for children. What's your take on that, doctor, in terms of do, do school-age kids and infants, do they, do they need the vaccine, in your opinion? Well, the risk is related to the risk of the virus. It's also related to how much virus is out there. And right now, the amount of virus out there is very low. Now, there is a thought that maybe the Delta strain might be a little more contagious. I'm not sure. The people are making it sound like that's a sure thing. We've got burned before making that declaration with the UK variant. I do think that it's reasonable for kids to get one dose. I would not recommend two doses in kids. They just don't need that much vaccine and they don't need that much of an inflammatory response to the vaccine. We're learning about 300 heart inflammation cases in the United States so far. The real number is north of a thousand, I'm sure, because Israel had the same number in a country 140th our size. 
So there are complications to the vaccine in kids. And I think the importance of kids getting the vaccine is heightened in kids that are overweight, kids with a pre-existing medical condition. That's where nearly all the deaths in kids are clustered. And the risk of a death in a healthy kid is essentially zero. It's near zero. There have been one or two cases in the United States of healthy kids dying of COVID. Dr. Marty McCary is uh, our guest. Uh, doctor, as, uh, as, as you're looking at the numbers across the nation, one of the things that we become a lot of, very sensitive to here in California is a lot of us just are, are not trusting of the, of the numbers we're hearing from the CDC, from Washington, D.C., from, from Sacramento. Sometimes they're uh, not quite aligned with each other. Uh, can, can you give us a, a sense of where can we put our trust in terms of, of numbers and statistics and how that will guide us through the next couple of months as we reenter somewhat of a, a, a normal state of affairs? Well, Mike, I don't, I don't blame people for no longer trusting our public health authorities. Look at the CDC. It's been a total disaster from day one. They're putting out information that's late or wrong on almost every subject. You almost think we would have done better if the CDC would have done nothing on COVID and we would have simply turned to our local doctors. There's a doctor at the University of California, San Francisco, UCSF, Monica Gandhi, who I think is very good. You can follow her on Twitter. You'll get solid information. I'm also on all social media, Twitter, LinkedIn, and others. And we try to put out some honest information, not fear-mongering, not distorting um, data in order to coax people to get vaccinated, but try to give an honest medical opinion. By the way, we used to have an open discussion of different medical opinions in this country, but that's been shut down recently. Now it is a cancel culture uh, forum in medicine where we are handed down from on high the orders and everybody falls in line and I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Dr. Gandhi's not doing it. Dr. Gottlieb's not doing it. So I do think there's some good information out there. And and I, I've seen you in, in so many venues being interviewed. I would imagine that you've had to develop a uh, quite tough skin in order to say what you say and uh, and still be out there doing interviews and continuing to put your message out there. Well, Mike, I, you know, I spend most of my time in public health research, but I'm trained as a cancer surgeon and still do practice um, can, uh, cancer surgery. I'm reminded every day how life, how life is short. Okay. You've got to speak your mind. What are we living for? If we're just bowing to some authority blindly accepting data that we know to be wrong. We need more public health officials to do the same. Dr. Fauci, he's a smart guy. When he hears the CDC tell young kids to wear a mask outdoors in hot summer days and distance, he knows that's nonsense, but he's afraid to speak up. Dr. Walensky, she's smart, head of the CDC. She's not going to go against what the White House hands down in terms of talking points. We need more people to speak their mind. Politicians just fall in line with the talking points. Doctors should be different. And so, no, I'm not afraid of any, um, you know, cancel culture out there. I'm just going to speak my mind as long as I can go. You know, normally people say, I've got science on my side. And that's how they try to win arguments. What do you know? You don't know what you're talking about. You're not a scientist or you're not a doctor or you're not an epidemiologist or you're not a public health person. 
you know, I've got credentials. I can go toe-to-toe with anyone. So, you know, bring it on. <laughs> well, and we uh, we applaud you for that, uh, Dr. Makari. Thank you so much for your willingness to, to speak the truth. By the way, friends, if you have a question for Dr. Marty Makari, you're welcome to uh, call in. Our number here, area code 209 3483. That's area code 209 551 3483. Our guest, Dr. Marty Makari. And, uh, Doctor, you've, you've written a fascinating uh, book, and, and I'm, I'm, again, plumbing the depths of it right now. One of the fascinating things that I saw, and, and I'm, I'm kind of thinking of what you were just talking about in terms of standing up uh, with reasonable and, and rational questions, uh, you, have, you have at the end of the book, chapter 18, you talk about what can we do and, and a call to action there. What's your recommendation for John and Jane Doe to begin to stand up and stand up for their rights as, as patients? Where do we begin with that as consumers of medical services? Well, thank you, Mike. I, I wrote the book, The Price We Pay, to really be a handbook, sort of the business of medicine 101. You know, we're taught um, mathematics and we're taught history. We're never taught healthcare literacy, basic literacy to navigate the system. And in order to change healthcare, we cannot rely on the government to send us a piece of legislation. That's never going to work. What we have to do is fix it from the ground up by creating consumer demand. That's happening right now. There's a revolution and it's focusing on two, two areas. One, getting honest and fair pricing and saying no to predatory billing in medicine. That's number one. Number two is dealing with the underlying things that cause illness rather than simply react and medicate um, things when they walk in the door. We can talk about treating diabetes with cooking classes more instead of just throwing insulin at people and treating back pain with surgery um, on, as a last resort and instead treating folks with physical therapy and ice when they have back pain and treating um, high blood pressure by, with stress management and low inflammatory foods and talking about sleep quality. Food is medicine, and we need to change the entire lexicon in our approach, and you cannot do that. We doctors cannot do that with these 10-minute visits and 15-minute visits. You've got to spend time with people to get at these underlying issues. Yeah, doctor, I, I, I won't name any names, but I have uh, uh, friends uh, who are physicians in, in a variety of different fields, and this uh, cage they seem to be in frustrates a lot of them, as you say, <laughs> to only spend five or ten minutes with a patient, uh, you know, because that's the quota and they have to get so many patients in, uh, just seems to me to be highly dysfunctional and far away from where we used to be in terms of medicine here in the United States of America. How do, how, how do patients address that in terms of what questions should we be asking our healthcare providers? Well, there's a lot of doctors rejecting the current system and starting from scratch. And those clinics are clinics that people should sign up for and join. And some of them are for those over 65 and some are those for under 65. The ones for people over 65 are free. Medicare will pay through Medicare Advantage. And the ones under, for younger folks 
are out there, and I go through how to navigate the system. But, you know, this old model of you come into your doctor once a year and we tell you eat better and exercise more and, you know, wave a finger at you and then take these meds, come back in a year, and then we basically tell you you're a bad, noncompliant patient. That system is broken. It doesn't work. Patients hate it. Doctors hate it. Why are we doing it? This is a crazy fee-for-service treadmill that we're on. We put doctors on a hamster wheel. We're going to get off, and we're going to start a new system that cuts out the middleman and goes direct. And that's what we're seeing through employers who are driving this to other groups, and that is an exciting revolution in healthcare. And, by the way, the other revolution is for honest and transparent pricing. And on that front, we're making huge progress as well. I mean, I have to confess, I've had a couple of surgeries throughout, well, quite a few years, and uh, I, I don't know that I've ever asked ahead of time, what's it specifically going to cost? I th- it sounds like uh, for, for we as consumers, we need to take the initiative uh, just to ask some, a- ask some simple questions and be part of that uh, revolution. Uh, does, that, does that sound like it's in line with, with what your thoughts are? That's right. When enough people ask at a restaurant if the food is organic or local or fresh or if the fish are wild-caught versus farm-raised, it moves markets. And in medicine now, people are coming in asking these important questions, and it is moving. Those questions are moving markets. They're creating market demand, and hospitals and doctors are responding to that demand in a healthy way. The fundamental problem we have in healthcare is we have non-competitive markets. Mm that lead to monopoly pricing and price gouging, to be honest, if we want to call a spade a spade. Predatory billing is going as far as suing patients to garnish their paychecks. That is how far we've come. Now, you can try to create rules around that bad behavior, or you can transform healthcare by moving healthcare to competitive markets. That's what's happening through Sesame Care, an online platform I'm a part of where you can shop for care through price transparency initiatives and people come in and they ask, Hey, how much is this baby delivery going to cost? I need to know the price of these different scenarios because my deductible is so high. I'm basically paying myself. And that is a healthy, healthy trend right now in healthcare. Our guest is Dr. Marty McCary. We're uh, talking about health care in the United States, uh, a revolution, really, that's happening. And uh, also, uh, we're going to return uh, for uh, just a few minutes to the issue of COVID-19. Highly encourage you to check out his book. It's called The Price We Pay, What Broke American Healthcare and How to Fix It. It's out now in, in paperback. And I think you'll find it highly interesting reading some great stories in there, Doctor, that illustrate what you're talking about. So my encouragement, uh, my friends, is uh, get a copy of it and, uh, and, and really plumb those pages along with me. Uh, again, we're talking uh, with Dr. Marty uh, McCary at 209-551-3483. If you have a question for the good doctor, area code 209-551-3483. To go back to uh, the whole COVID-19 pandemic issue for a moment, uh, this issue of natural immunity, it seems like every time we try to bring that up, uh, we get shut down or, or, or scoffed at. Can you give us an idea of natural immunity as it plays into the COVID-19 pandemic now? And is it a viable thing we ought to be paying attention to, or is it 
something that maybe we need to dismiss along with a lot of the mainstream media? One of the greatest failures of our medical leadership during the pandemic has been ignoring natural immunity from prior infection. It's real. It's durable. It works. We suspected it for a long time because we were not seeing reinfections at any appreciable degree. And now we have solid data from the Cleveland Clinic and Washington University and uh, published in the Journal of the American Medical Association that shows that it's, it works. Natural immunity, the body works. And actually, we have more data in terms of the long-term data on natural immunity than we do on vaccinated immunity because natural immunity has been around longer. So it really bothers me when I see universities saying you have to get vaccinated. Well, what about those with natural immunity? They already have immunity. It's insane to require people already immune to become immunized. It's absolute insanity. And we're only seeing that because our failed medical leadership has dismissed natural immunity from the start and they don't have the humility to recognize the data now shows that it's real. Doctor, there's so much emphasis on getting the vaccine here in California. Major push. I mean, they're giving away tomorrow. They're going to give away one point five million dollars to 10 people who who were vaccinated. And uh, so there's this tremendous push uh, to vaccination as the answer. Coming back to this issue of natural immunity, uh, how do we know if we have natural immunity? And if so, how do we make the argument that, you know what, I don't think I need the vaccine? So there's an easy way, and that is you can get tested for the antibodies. And if you have the antibodies, then for sure you've got the immunity of natural immunity. If um, you don't want to go through the antibody test, it's pretty reliable that if you've tested positive for COVID in the past, certainly if you tested positive and had symptoms, that you've got good immunity. And so um, that's basically the marker. It's a lot of Americans. 10% of Americans have tested positive for COVID. And probably for everyone that's tested positive, there's threefold or fourfold or fivefold more who actually had COVID. By the way, that's why cases are plummeting right now, Mike. If you look at numbers, sure, 64% of adults have been vaccinated in the U.S., but about half of the unvaccinated have natural immunity from prior infection. That's why 80 to 85% of adults in America today are immune. That's why we had 4,900 cases nationwide as a country, most asymptomatic, and most of the remainder were mild. So we have extremely low levels of, of transmission, and we're doing very well. Let's be honest with the public and share the good news rather than dangle these variant fears and ignore natural immunity as if the road to population immunity is a lot more dire. Dr. Uh... Marty McCurry is our guest, and uh, thank you so much for the wisdom that you're giving us uh, today and and, uh, the inspiration to stand up and ask questions as consumers of uh, medical services here in the United States of America. Again, uh, Dr. McCurry's book is The Price We Pay, What Broke American Healthcare, How to Fix It. Got uh, about a minute or two left of our time. 
Doctor, uh, what would you like to leave our listeners with in terms of encouragement? I feel like we're getting beat up about getting vaccinated. Not that that's a bad thing, but it seems like it's just an incessant uh, uh, getting beat up about having to have that. And uh, we're, we're getting, it seems like, one variant of perspectives in terms of how to deal with the pandemic in terms of lockdowns. What's a a last word of encouragement that you would give our listeners to say, here's what I recommend you do to survive the next couple of months as we uh, deal with coming out of, hopefully, uh, the pandemic and returning to some semblance of normalcy? Well, Mike, I went out for ice cream with some friends a few nights ago, and I asked for a free sample, you know, how they give free samples away at the ice cream places. And the gentleman said, I can't give you a free sample since we're not doing free samples because of COVID. Mm. And I thought, I can go without the ice cream, but look at America's airports and restaurants and downtowns. It looks They look like ghost towns in a lot of the country. We have got to reestablish the human connection in life and rebuild communities. The risk of COVID right now in terms of daily cases and case fatality rate is one-fiftieth the risk of a mild flu season in the middle week of that flu season. In in the mildest flu season in the last eight years, in the middle week of that flu season, we had 400,000 flu cases per day. We're at 4,000 flu flu COVID cases per day. We're doing very well. People should feel good about it. If you're not vaccinated and you haven't had the infection, be careful or get the vaccine at least one dose. At least one dose if you're under 30. But otherwise, we've got to live our lives. And I think if we can put aside the fear mongering, we've got a very bright future. Great wisdom, Dr. Marty McCary. Thank you so much for joining us here in California Central Valley. So much appreciate your uh, perspective today. Thank you for what you do. And we hope you remain standing uh, standing firm on your platform. And, and thank you for being our voice across America. Dr. Marty McCary has been our guest here on the Mike Douglas Show. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us, my friends, uh, for this time together. Fascinating time, and I encourage you to uh, look at the book. We'll be back with more here on the Mike Douglas Show coming up on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show, every weekday at 3 on Power Talk 1360. KFIV.